Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight will be study number 31 of Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Again, we see that John is the individual. He is the one that God is using to record these things. God uh, brought him to this island of Patmos and showed him these glorious visions of things to come, of wonderful truths coming directly from God, from the mouth of God. And notice that John, who... Um, he, he's a true believer. He was someone that was a sinner that God saved and the Lord greatly blessed him by allowing him to be an apostle, to have close a relationship with Christ himself. And so he, he, uh, enjoyed a very blessed life, but a very difficult life also and a, a very hard life. And that is normally the case for the true believer uh, in this world. It's rare when there is a believer who is able to go unscathed and and to travel untouched by the spiritual forces that afflict and um, cause tribulation for the child of God in this life. And John was no exception. He certainly experienced many trials. And here he's speaking to you and to me and to all of God's people, to uh, all of the Lord's people who would ever read these things. And, and he is speaking to us as a brother. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. John is our brother if we're uh, truly born again, if we're one of God's children, then uh, he's he's a child of God, we're a child of God. And this is why Christians use this kind of language of brother and sister and so on. And, and Jesus explained, whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother and that is referring to the spiritual family of God. We are uh, adopted into that family. God has redeemed us and saved us, and he has brought us as adopted children into his royal family so that we have relationship with God. He is our father. We have relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he he is our husband in one way that God pictures it, and we are his bride, and he, he is our brother. As he said before, whoever does the will of my father is my brother. And we have also relationship with one another. We have a brotherhood of men and women who are the children of God. And, and we are of the same family of God. Now this is, 
This is a great blessing for those of us who maybe don't have that large of an earthly family. Maybe we just have um, a little family uh, of physical relatives and we enjoy them. But God has greatly expanded our family when it comes to the spiritual realm to include a great many people. And, you know, true believers do enjoy one another. We do love to find other true believers, others who know the same things, the same truths that we have learned from the Bible. And it's a wonderful blessing when we can get together and we can share things of God, the things of the Scripture, and and we can talk the same language. We have a, a sort of intimacy through the language of the Bible where we can understand uh, the teachings and, and the spiritual things of the Scripture where we could say the same things to other people and even many professed Christians, and they wouldn't have a clue. They they wouldn't know how to um, have a dialogue with us or to discuss these things. But when we talk them over with a brother, someone who is a true believer, and and God has opened up their eyes as well, well, we almost feel as if this is a, a long-lost relative that, that now we have communion with. And so here, uh, God is moving John to write that he is our brother and companion in tribulation. Uh, that John is our companion in tribulation. Now, the word companion is translated as partaker in Philippians chapter 1 uh, in verse 7. It says, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. The word partakers is the same word, companion. And we are partakers along with John, along with the people of God down through history in tribulation. It's not something that uh, just you or I or uh, another today are experiencing for the first time, and no one else has experienced this. No, John knew all about tribulation in the first century A.D. God's people have known all about tribulation at any point in history, just think of Daniel and the lions then. Did he know of tribulation? Yes, he did. Because for the word's sake, for the, the sake of doing that which is right and, and just and good, he would not deny that he, he must continue to pray to God no matter the consequences. And this is something that he would not give up. He would not um, seek to please men in order to save himself. But he continued to pray, knowing that a law was passed, if anyone offer up prayers to anyone but 
the king of the Medes and the Persians, they must be thrown to the lions. And Daniel continued to do that. And so, for really the sake of his relationship with Christ, with eternal God, he suffered tribulation and affliction. And God, uh, of course, rescued him out of that. And it, it's it's the same all through history. For the sake of God's word, uh, the people of God endure hardships. For instance, it says in Matthew 13 and in uh, verse Well, let's read this from verse 18, where the parable of the sower is being explained. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet, hath he not root in himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now here God is telling us that the reason why his people will have tribulation, Jesus made that statement in John 16 verse 33, In the world ye will have tribulation. But in that verse, he didn't tell us why. Here, in Matthew 13, in this parable, Christ is explaining why. That uh, when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, that that is why we experience tribulation. It's why God's people have always, throughout history, experience tribulation for the sake of God, for the sake of his word. And you can't separate the one from the other. God and the word are synonymous. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. And and we can be sure, it's a guaranteed, that if we identify with the word of God, if we believe it, if we trust it, if we proclaim it, if we share it, that we can know for certain, as a result, there will be tribulation or persecution arising because of that word. This has always been the case. And people won't admit to this. Normally, those that that uh, come after the true believers, that that begin to trouble them and and to pursue them. No, they they don't admit to it being the word. They have their other reasons. Uh, that's for sure. They they have their justifications for why they uh, are doing the things they're doing. But the fact is, if if we're a child of God and if we are carefully uh, making sure that we're being faithful in the things that we share from the Bible, that there will come tribulation or persecution because of it. It, it also says in First Thessalonians in chapter 1 and verse 6, 
And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. See here, the word affliction is the same word tribulation. The word in our verse in Revelation 1 verse 9 is thalipsis, and it's a common word throughout the New Testament for tribulation or affliction. It's the same word translated as great tribulation. That's megas for great, and then thalipsis, tribulation. And here, uh, God is saying in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, Ye became followers of us and of the Lord, that is, following the Lord, having received the word in much affliction or, or much tribulation, with joy of the Holy Ghost. You see how receiving the word goes hand in hand with much tribulation. And uh, you you can get along fine. Uh, any of us can. We know how to do it. Just go ahead and, and go back to the world. Uh, go back to being about your business in the world. Forget all about the Bible. Forget all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, sure, you'll get along fine normally. Of, of course, you'll still have trouble in the world. No one escapes trouble in this world. But you won't have spiritual trouble with the world. You won't have a spiritual battle, spiritual forces coming against you. That that only happens when someone is involved with the with the Word of God, the Bible. And so, yes, uh, anyone can avoid those spiritual struggles and battles by just simply uh, leaving the Word of God. Of course, that's impossible for the child of God to do because we're being drawn by the Lord Jesus Christ in an irresistible drawing that we cannot resist. We cannot turn. We we cannot go back. He has the words of eternal life. There's no place for us to go. And now, today, that is more true than ever. We cannot go to the world the, the child of God cannot go to the church because the church is a part of the world. The child of God has nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, only to God, only to the word of God and to the Bible. And nor would we, nor would we ever want to go back to those things. We, we shouldn't even, uh, look back or, or take even the slightest glimpse behind us we should continue forward because there in reality there's nothing back there there's nothing in the world that is of any value that is of any substance that is of any good for any person it's not even good for those that are uh, that have never left it that have remained in it it will finally be their doom and destruction and their ruin. There, there is nothing worthwhile in the world at all. No matter how much the world tries to cover up that fact, it remains the truth. The world is a vain and empty thing apart from God. It is only God and only His Word that has true value and purpose and meaning 
and has real substance and and that's why the believer holds on to it that's why we cannot let it go because the, the lord will not let us and we recognize the great treasure that god has given to us that he has placed in our possession uh, an incredible abundant wealth that is uh, so much more than all of the world's treasures, all these earthly things that will someday rust and corrupt and be destroyed along with this world and with all of the unsaved people themselves. And, and so we, yes, we experience affliction, tribulation for the word's sake. That is something that we cannot avoid. It is through much tribulation, the Bible says, that we must enter into the kingdom of God. You know, it says in Second Thessalonians, in chapter 1, something very significant. It says in verse 4, So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith, in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Isn't that an incredible statement by God? He sees, he recognizes the difficulties, he, he knows uh, what is happening in each of our lives. He sees our trials and, and knows our troubles and our struggles. He's aware of the tears that have been shed, of the, the souls that have been cast down, of the heads that have hung low. God sees all these things. He, it's not as though he doesn't care. It's not as though it's of no value to him that we suffer in this life. The Lord does care. He He counts every tear. I think the Bible says something about placing them in a bottle. God knows everything about us and is concerned about every uh, moment that we might be grieved and we might be sorrowing. And the Lord does know these things, and he does have concern about these things, but he also knows that these trials and tribulations, these present afflictions, will not be forever. He knows that there is an end to all of these struggles. There is a a time when they will conclude, when the things that trouble us will cease from their troubling and we will no longer experience affliction or tribulation for the word's sake, but we will enter into the glorious kingdom of heaven. God is aware of this and and he, he sees that day coming. He knows full well that he will wipe away the tears from off the faces of all his people. And once he does that, when those tears are are gone and uh, we're no longer crying, there's no more pain, nor death, nor sorrow. When God 
brings that day to pass. It will never return. And, and so, uh, the Lord looks upon us now and he sees the suffering of his people and the persecutions and tribulations that they endure. And it's nothing but a, a manifest token of his righteous judgment. It is, in fact, an evidence for the truth of the word that we hold to. If it weren't true, if the word of God were just some fantasy, if it weren't, in fact, reality, and if it were not um, the things that it says it is, then the world wouldn't care about it at all. There would be no spiritual battle involved with these things at all. But it is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, and it is something that his people, the saints of God, experience. And uh, it, it it's a, a small thing to experience, isn't it? In order to enter into eternity into heaven itself you know it says in second corinthians and this is uh one of those wonderful places in the bible that really help us in our uh struggles and our tribulation it says in second corinthians chapter 4 in verse 15 for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here God uh, is basically summing up our affliction, and he's saying it's a light affliction. It's an easy burden. Remember, that's what the Lord Jesus uh, himself said in Matthew chapter 11, when uh, it says in verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, what is that yoke, and what is that burden? That burden is to carry the word of God in this world, to identify ourselves with it, to not deny it, to not turn from it, to not hide the word when others are looking our way, but to embrace it, to cleave to it, and to proclaim it and share it. No matter what others may think, they may despise it, and, and many will. They may mock it. They may revile us for holding to it the the world will do all these things and more and they'll speak evilly of us because of it and yet it's a easy yoke and a light burden it is a light affliction 
because it is only a moment. It is only a temporary thing. And then we will enter into the kingdom of heaven, into eternity future and, and enjoy all the wonderful blessings of eternal life.